ancient times, a community member committed a fault. A council was called and an old man was invited, but he refused to go to it. Then the priest sent someone to say to him, Come, for everyone is waiting for you. So the old man got up and went. He took a leaking jug, filled it with water, and carried it with him. The others came out to meet him and said to him, What is this, father? The old man said to them, My sins run out behind me, and I do not see them. And today I am coming to judge the errors of another. When they heard that, they said no more to the man at fault, but forgave him. This comes from the sayings of the Desert Fathers. In Mark 2, verses 15 to 17, Jesus is confronted by religious leaders on account of him eating in his home with, quote, sinners. Jesus' well-known response was simple. It's not the healthy people who need a doctor, but sick people. And in verse 17, he says, I didn't come to call the righteous, but sinners. Now, truly, I wonder whether or not I would have been humble and honest enough to take a seat with Jesus at the table that day. It would mean that I, too, would be grouped with the notorious sinners in town. It would mean that I would need to take a very vulnerable and even scary posture in front of Jesus and others around me. That vulnerability, however, is what Jesus seemed so attracted to. When people came to him honest and humble about their weakness and their need for grace, they were met with the love and the grace of God in Christ. I don't notice any strings attached to that. Even still, it's difficult to honestly pay attention to our need to sit at the table of sinners with Jesus. We have a common fear which tends to drive our lives, the fear of failure, or at least we fear the isolation which failure may lead to. We are eager to emphasize our good side, so much so that many people actually know which side to turn to while having pictures taken of themselves. For many of us, our greatest fear is that people will see our faults, our ugly side, you know, the words and the deeds which would turn people away from us, leaving us isolated and alone. I think that the heart of this is a fear of losing control. When we are, quote, the sinner, we need the gift of forgiveness which we cannot necessarily earn or force. To admit our faults brings us into a place of utter need before other people and before God. We simply no longer have control, the very thing which we are so desperate to cling to. On the flip side, when we are the offended, we are also in a place of vulnerability. By offering forgiveness to another, we are laying down the right of retaliation and, again, in a word, control. When we sit at the table with other sinners, we are knowingly in a place where we might become offended and hurt again. This loss of control, of confessing our weakness and forgiving others of their weaknesses, is a constant journey for Jesus' followers. 
This is the frightening journey of becoming powerless and dependent on the life and the love of God. As such, paying attention to our faults, and graciously paying attention to the faults of others, actually restores rather than destroys our humanity. Why is this? Paying attention to your faults means giving up any false security, no longer looking for arguments which will protect you if you get pushed into a corner, and no longer setting your hope on a couple lighter moments, a couple good things which your life might still be offering. As Jesus' disciples, we are consistently invited to look at him and say, You are the very presence of God, yet you love even me, a sinner. At those moments, those moments of true honesty, a conversion occurs. This is the restoration of true relationship. At those moments, we are truly paying attention to who Jesus is and who we are before him. And then we are truly able to experience the love of God. That is conversion, the walking from death into life. And that is the place where grace for one another is also born.